Amen. I feel so led of the Lord today. I, the Lord started talking to me earlier this week. My wife and I slipped out of town for a few days, and uh, it's kind of hard to rest when all this other goofiness is going on. And yet in the midst of all of that, the Lord began to speak to me early Thursday morning. I got up and I got my Bible and I started reading and uh, he began to speak to me for our church and for me personally. And I believe that God wants to do something in this place today. Psalms chapter 91, Psalms chapter 91, we're going to read most of the entirety of this chapter. 16 verses, but it is such a powerful, powerful word for us today. And it begins like this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. And my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Interesting that the literal translation of that. Anybody want to know? Devastating disease. He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Amen. Thou shalt not be afraid for the arrow arrow, or for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence, again, the disease, nor for the disease that waiteth in darkness, nor for the destruction that wanteth at, or wasteth at midday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thee, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, Even the most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Now, folks, I've read a lot of commentaries over the last few days, and it's amazing how many of them marginalize this and say, well, that only applied to Israel. It's strange, though, that the same man that said that only applied to Israel goes to the next psalm and says it applies to us. If it's the word and we are the spiritual Israel of God in this generation and this dispensation, then I am going to lay claim to that. 
And that is what I'm going to speak over my family and over my life and over my home. Now you can speak whatever you choose to speak. But I want to put a covering over my family and I want to put a covering over my home. You say, I don't know if that works. Well, it worked for Israel. The only thing that kept the death angel from coming their house to their house was one thing. It wasn't the house. It wasn't the builder of the house. It was the blood. And I'm going to tell you, church, you better go back to living under the power and the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ because that's better than any hand wipe. It's better than any hand wash. It's better than any medicine you can take. I plead the blood of Jesus covering us today. Amen. Praise God. I didn't mean to get so excited. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. There's not enough of us believe in angels. We need to start believing in angels. Because he said, I'm going to give my angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy way. Next verse. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. What protection? Go to the next. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me. Because who? God has set his love upon me. Therefore, Will I deliver him? I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and shew him my salvation. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We've heard a lot of voices speaking this past week. And I know that you have kept up with it. I'm sure you are aware of all that's being said. But I want to come today and speak to you that it's time to let faith have a voice in your life. You need to let faith speak today. Not fear, but faith. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I love you, Jesus. You may be seated. We live in a world that is under siege. That is without question. A world where terror and atrocities have become commonplace. A naked terror that stalks our world and is the order of the day. Fear that comes slinking down every street of every city. Sick and demented minds that are working to destroy life because they do not care for life. Because they are motivated by the great hater of all and that's Lucifer himself. And I admittedly recognize that we live today in such a wicked world. 
Evil lurks on every hand, and we never know from one moment to the next what may come, what snares may be set for our feet. Times like these have a way of bringing the worst out in people, and we have seen it. I heard yesterday that a woman went to one of the stores to get diapers, and she happened to pick up the last package of diapers off of the shelf, and another woman approached her and snatched it out of her hands. And so the lady reached and got it back, and when she did, a brawl ensued, and they had to call the police. Another man in Costco in Houston laid a bottle of wine up against another man's head because he had something that he wanted. They said one lady had a buggy full of toilet paper. Imagine that. And there was one package left and another woman stepped up to get that package and the woman went berserk and snatched that one out of her hand and went into another brawl. Times like these have a way of bringing the worst out in people, but it is my prayer If there has ever been an hour for the church to shine, this is an hour for the church to stand up and be counted and let it bring the best out in us, not the worst in us. Show the world what real peace looks like. Show the world what hope is like and where it is found. I'm not going to be ignorant and not do some of the things that they recommend that I do. But I'm here to tell you right now that in all of my doing of those things, that is not where my hope is today. I wash my hands a thousand times. I'm going to need so much hand cream when this is over with. My hands are going to be shriveled up and turned into nothing. I'm going to wash them away. But if that's what I need to do to make you feel safe and you not feel uncomfortable, then I wash my hands. But you can wash your hands until they turn pink. And that's not going to keep away what can lurk in life. But there is a power that is greater than all the hand wash, all of the soap, all the disinfectants, all of the all the Clorox and Chlor. I don't care what it is that you try to use. There's nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. And there's nothing more mighty than the blood that he shed for my life. And I am going to choose to live under the power of that blood and the power of that name. I realize that I am not immune to trouble and I am not immune to adversity. But I do know this, that I can still live in peace and not chaos in the midst of such times. Though we are not immune to trouble, we can live with peace in our heart. And we can live with the presence of God with us. I need for The, the need for such an hour as this is reflected in the text of our psalm. And it is so fitting. I I was so thankful the Lord led me to Psalms 91. I, I couldn't remember every word of it, but there were a few phrases that just kept going over in my mind 
as I lay in bed early Thursday morning and I got up and I started going through my Bible until I found where it was at. And I went through and I read it and I reread it and I read it and I reread it. I read it in all kind of translation because I wanted to absorb every word that God was speaking to me in that moment. Amen. It was written. This psalm was written in a time of national crisis. The people who were dealing with or were being dealt with in this psalm, I should say, were in crisis. And the song comes into full bloom when you set it against that backdrop and you understand that it was not in some antiseptically clean environment. It was not in some cute little Starbucks coffee shop where somebody wrote this psalm, but they wrote it out of the midst of a crisis that threatened their very life. And when the psalmist wrote it, we don't even know who it was. Some think it was Moses. Others say it was David. Some even think it was Hezekiah. But for me, the fact that it has no name to it It is a name, it is a psalm that I can claim because it becomes universal. He didn't give us a name so we can all apply it and we can all claim its promises. And so the song comes to us in the midst of terror, in a season of terror. It anticipates anticipates the need of every person. Amid the perils of life's journey, This psalm describes to me the attitude in which I must live in such time. It is more than just a divine blanket to pull over my head until the trouble passes over. It is more than me simply ignoring the fact that God is going to keep me from terror. I believe that God can keep me in the midst of terror. It's not that I'm asking God to take me out of the trouble. I just want him to keep me while I'm in the midst of the trouble. Amen. I am not asking for too much when I ask for that. I am not advocating recklessness. And I've already said this. I'm not asking you to dare God or live foolishly or carelessly or live under the assumption that you can do whatever you want to and God's going to protect you. That's not what I'm advocating. What I am advocating is that you and I need to be careful. We need to be cautious. You need, you need, you do need to wash your hands. You do need to avoid some contact, but you can do all of that. You can do all that and still not be protected. You cannot keep something from coming into your life that's airborne. So here's what you need to do. You need to live under a greater covering than hand washing and wipes and all that. You need to live under the shadow of the Almighty. You need to live under the present influence of the God who created us. And if he created us, he knows what will make us well as what is what will make us sick. And if we are sick, God knows what to do to make us well. Amen. Somewhere the voice of faith has got to speak in this hour amid all of these calamities and remind us of some things. There is not a more cheering word in the entire book 
that you will find in Psalms 91 because its tone is so elevated and its tone is so sustained in enduring to the very last verse that even in the midst of adversity and in the midst of peril and disease, faith was at its best in those dark moments. That faith showed itself to be what it is, a reliable source to rely on. And in faith, he speaks boldly. He speaks boldly and with an excellent voice. It is what the writer said, another one said, that was the secret of living with peace amid chaos. A German physician one time read this passage, and this is what he said. It is the best preservative in times of cholera. And in truth, it is a heavenly medicine against plague and pest. If you and I can learn how to live in the spirit of this psalm, we can live fearlessly in these troubling days. This psalm is a beautiful testimony about what the singer had discovered in God, in his God. And what he discovered was security. What he discovered was protection. What he discovered was the many promises of God. What he discovered was the power of God that was able to keep him in spite of everything that was coming against him. Church, do we really believe that God is able to keep us? then we better praise him for that and we better live that. The psalmist encouraged himself that he would be delivered from the various frightening attacks of the wicked one. And what's interesting is even the devil knows this psalm. Even the devil knows this psalm because when Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil came to tempt him in that wilderness, he quoted from this passage of scripture. The only thing is he added a little bit to it. You see, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Hebrew was translated into Greek, which was called the Septuagint. And during that time, they added some words to the verse that were not in the original text. And when Satan quoted the scripture to Jesus, he quoted that revised version. I want to tell you something, church. You better go back to the original version because that's where the power is. It's not in my version of it. It's not in your translation of it. But what does this word say? And when it says it, why don't you just put it under your feet and stand on it and say, God, if that's what you said, that's what I'm going to believe and that's how I'm going to live. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. When I read this Psalm Thursday morning, it was like God sent a wind and it blew through my mind and my spirit and it blew out all the clouds and I could see clearly. I, the, the, the confusion that was, that was predominantly there that wanted to creep into my heart and the fear that is lurking in the shadows and all of the suppositions of what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? We're in the middle of a building program. God, surely you didn't bring us this far for this kind of stuff to happen. All that stuff's going through your mind. And all of a sudden you're like, a wind blows through and 
blows all that smog out of the way. And he gave me a, key, a, a very clear direction and a very clear understanding of the times of calamity in which we live. And he helped me, and I hope it will help you to focus and refocus on what you and I really need to be concerned about. What ought to be at the heart of my heart is what this psalmist discovered. He had found help. Everybody say help. He had found help and he wanted to share that help that he had found with anybody that would listen to him. And I want to share with you this morning the help that I have found from going back to the book. I have found in this book a hiding place. I have found in this book a shelter from the storm. I have found in this book a voice that speaks to my fear. I found in this book a voice that speaks to my terror. And said, peace be still. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go back to the word. I want you to notice with me. This is what the Lord showed me. I want you to notice the progression of thought when he begins the psalm. He begins by declaring something. And what he declares becomes the foundation upon which he will stand and which he will live. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He doesn't even address his problems until he first addresses his God. I have a note for some of you. If you're going to put stuff on Facebook, make sure you balance it more with faith than you do with your fears. Because you're going to get what you say. And you're going to live into what you speak. And when you speak those terrors, you're going to live those terrors. But I have chosen today to live in the faith that God is my shelter. God is my protection. God is my keeper. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He addresses his thought to God, then he addresses himself. Then he addresses his problem. Read it. It's in your Bible. Notice that he begins with first things first. And the first thing, the thing that is so important and the key to my peace is that I understand who I am serving. I'm sorry, folks. If I offend you this morning and I rub your fur the wrong way, I'm just going to ask you to turn around so it doesn't rub you the wrong way. I have been shocked to my roots This week, at the fear that I have heard coming out of the voice of God's people, I was shocked at some ministers that I talked with and the fearfulness with which they spoke. And all the time I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, God, 
What does faith matter for if it doesn't matter for times like these? I've preached this all my life. I've said that you're the God that can do anything. So why am I now afraid to live in a moment that I don't understand? I'm here to tell you God is my protection. And God is going to keep me when nothing else can keep me. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want you to notice how he addresses him. He said, he is my refuge. He is my refuge. That, that indicates a place of safety, a hiding place. Comfortable, secure, peaceful. But he's not only my refuge, he is my fortress. A fortress is for defense purposes. It is to keep that enemy that's trying to come into my life from coming into my life. And when I learned what the psalmist learned was the secret to all of this. Fear will have no place in you. I've often wondered. Jesus said that Satan has come and he hath nothing in me or literally he has found nothing in me. I've often wondered what exactly was he talking about. And I thought, was he talking about sin? And I thought, no, there's no way he could be talking about sin. I believe that what Satan was trying to find in Jesus at that moment was fear. Fear. Fear of where you're going. Fear of what's about to happen to you. Fear of a cross, fear of the beating, fear of the price that you're going to have to pay so that you can redeem mankind. And Jesus said, he has found no place in me. Wouldn't it be great to be in a place in your life where fear didn't have any place? It, it tried to come in the back door. The back door's locked. It tried to crawl through the windows. The windows are locked. It tried to come through the front door and the blood is covering that door. And the blood said, oh no, you're not coming in this house. This house is going to have peace. This house is going to have peace. Hallelujah. Oh yes, come on church. You need to understand what God is. He is your refuge and he is your fortress. The psalmist was not ignorant of the dangers that were present around him. But what he addressed was key to his life. And he addressed God first. It's interesting that in the first two verses, he called God by four different names. Four different names he called God. He called God Elyon, E-L-Y-O-N, which means the most high, the most high. He is the possessor. He owns heaven and earth. That's who I serve. He owns heaven and earth. The thought is that he is a God of great possession. You and I serve 
a God who owns everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He owns everything. It is only on loan and in a stewardship program to you and I. But he owns it because he made it. Amen. And so he talks about him as being the most high. The most high God. Amen. He is the possessor of everything. Isn't it great to know when you come to worship, you're worshiping a God that's got everything. He's got everything. He knows everything. He not only knows everything, but he's everywhere all at one time. That he can be over there and over there and over there and over there and over here and over there. He can be everywhere all at the same time. He is not limited like I am. I'm only here. Tomorrow I may be there. And this afternoon I'm going to go somewhere to eat. You know what I believe? The God that's everywhere is going to already be there. So that when I get there, he can be a buffer to my life. He can be a help to my life. He can be that strength that I need. He can be that shelter that I need. He can be that protection that I need. Amen. Second thing he called him was Shaddai, which is the mighty, the almighty. He is not just a God who owns everything, but he is a God who likes to share what he owns. The word almighty means that he is the supplier of all my needs. He is not just a living God. He is a giving God. You know, it's, it's one thing to know that God can do anything. It's another, uh, another thing to believe that God will do everything. Some of us know that God can. We're just not sure he will when it comes to us. But the psalmist said, hey, I found a secret to peace in the midst of the storm. I found a secret to peace in the midst of chaos. I found the secret to peace amid this disease that's spreading like wildfire everywhere. The Lord Almighty, the God, the El Shaddai, the Elohim, the Elyon, he's my God. He's my God. He called him Jehovah, which means the Lord. This is the greatest name for God among the Hebrew people. It is simply spoken in terms like the I am. The I am. What do you need? The I am is available. He's eternal. He's immutable. He's unchangeable. It speaks of the God of covenant. The God who has made an agreement with you and I. That if we will honor him... He will honor us. If we will bless him, he will bless us. If we will serve him, he will. Oh, you don't believe this, do you? That God will actually serve you. And yet that's what the word indicates. That when you serve God, that he is going to come back and, and bring you gifts and blessings. And he is going to pour out. He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. I serve a God who is not stingy with his power, but he is liberal to give it away. And he is liberal to share it. 
He is the God who has pledged himself to do certain, exceeding, great, wonderful, abundant things. Amen. Things that cannot be thwarted even by the demons of hell or any adversary on earth or any failure in me. Amen. Cannot prevent God from being who he is. He is the all in all. He is the great I am. Amen. And then the fourth thing he called him was Elohim. God the creator. The word appears in the plural. And it simply means that in the revelation of God, there is no way you can reduce him to one name or one title. Because he is all in all. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. He is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is everything I need him to be. And you cannot contain my God in just one word. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. And that's the great thought the psalmist begins with. He is my possession. He is my provision. He is my promise. He is my power. Four things. If you can ever get those lodged in your mind that that's what God is for you. He is your possession. He is your provision. He is your promise. He is your power. He is your fortress. He is your refuge. He is your hiding place. He is your shelter. He is your shadow. He is whatever you need him to be. Amen. And if you start with God, all these other things find a way to fall in place. The bottom line is this. My safety is in the Lord. My safety today is in the covering of his wings. It is in the shadow of the Almighty. There are are a lot of us who have been living under some shadows this week. But it hadn't been the shadow of the Almighty. It's been the shadow of fear and doubt and Dread and worry and all of those things are natural. I understand that. I've, I've gone through that whole gamut of emotions myself. But I'm here to tell you this morning that if you can ever get God where he belongs and really put him there and keep And this is the secret. Here's what I found out. The key to it was he said he dwelleth in him. He dwells in him. He that dwelleth in The secret place of the Most High. Dwelling. You know what that word means? It means abiding. It means staying. It means living there. Not some occasional venture. You know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Oh, that's great. But it's Monday morning when you get up. And Tuesday morning when you get up. And Friday evening when you go to bed. You're dwelling, you're living in him. Amen. The condition for spiritual safety and peace begins by my giving him the right place in my life and dwelling with him and living in that. Sitting in, settled in, it's where you reside. You know what, if some of us would stop dwelling on 
so many other things and start dwelling in him. Let it fill your mind. Let it fill you. I'm going to tell you what you better do. You better take the power of this word and put it into your mind and heart every day. You better get up in the morning and read it and declare that word over your life because that's the word that's going to keep you. That's the word that's going to help you. That's the word that's going to encourage you. That's the word that's going to keep you. That's the word that's going to encourage you. It will. The sad truth is far too many of us don't ever open this book anymore. Or we don't even open our iPad and look at it. But if you want protection in this hour, you're going to have to learn to dwell, live in his presence. Live in his presence. Settle into. Lodge there. Stay there. Amen. When you dwell in him, you will find rest and safety and protection. He said, he that abideth, another word, that means to spend the night or to lodge there. This becomes my home. This is is my life. The place where we pass the night. Amen. Instead of passing the night worrying about, oh, what about this? God, what, what about that? What, what about, uh, what about, oh, the stock market? Oh, 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 God, my. And I'm, I know those are all concerns. I'm not making light of those. But I want to tell you what will help you live through all of that roller coaster because somewhere this ride's going to be over. It is going to come to an end. Whether it's the end of this world and this is the beginning of some plague of the end time or not, I don't have any idea. But the story is not going to last forever. It is going to come to an end. And when it comes to the end, I want to still be standing. I want to still be worshiping. I want to still be praising. Why? Because I have learned to dwell in him. I've learned to abide. I'm staying with him. I'm not just going to him every once in a while, but I'm sticking with him everywhere he goes. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated. I'm going to shut up right now. The second thing the Lord showed me was not only what he did. He dwells, he abides, but he said, you got to be careful what you say in times like these. He said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. Amen. You know what's so interesting? He said, when I went and looked up the meaning of the Hebrew word for say, it is linked, believe it or not, it is linked to the word see, S-E-E. So what you say becomes what you see. And the psalmist said, this is what kept me in that hour. Not only that I dwelled, I stayed with him, I I slept with him, I walked with him, I lived with him, I talked with him, I abided with him. I I didn't want to go, I didn't want to be anywhere else but in his presence. But he said, also I learned that what came out of my mouth was the key 
to whether I lived in peace or fear. And you know what? You're not, if you're not careful, you can talk yourself into full blown terror. I've done it more time than I want to admit. The sky has fallen. The sky has fallen. You know what? There's a little chicken little in all of us. We just don't like to admit it. But I'm going to tell you what, if you're going to say anything in this hour, you need to speak faith. You don't need to say about how bad it is and it's getting worse. I understand that. It doesn't take a brain scientist to figure that out. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that. It doesn't take somebody with a great education to figure out we live in bad time. But that's not what I want my focus to be. I understand these are bad times. But I also know that God is in these bad times. And God is with me in these bad times. And no matter what happens, he said, I will protect you. I will keep my hand on you. Amen. Praise God. I need to guard what I say. I will say of the Lord, if you and I will talk more about him and less about our fears, if we will talk more about him than our problems, if we will talk more about him than our perplexities, we're going to find peace. And not only that, we're going to help somebody else find peace. You understand how influential you are. You have influence. You may not think you do, but you have influence. Some of you quiet fathers that don't think that, that anybody's noticing, I'm telling you, they're noticing. They're noticing how you're living right now. They're noticing what you're talking about right now. They're noticing what you're dwelling on right now. Hey, get off of Facebook. Get off the news. They're not going to tell you anything good anyway. Start praying. Start talking to God. Walk with God. Let God be your protection. Let God be your help. And then if you want to go back and look at what they say, go back. But don't do that first. By the time I do all that, I don't want to go back. Amen. I may die tomorrow. I may die this afternoon. But if I die, I I would rather, you, you say, Brother Hughes, this is the most naive message I've ever heard. Well, I got news for you. You let me live with my faith and you let you live with your fear. And let's see who does the better of the two. I would rather die in faith than to live in fear any day of my life. And I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live listening to the pundits telling me how bad it is. I believe that God is still in control and God is still my keeper and God is my fortress. Stand to your feet with me right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. This is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, many fear and therefore they speak. But the psalmist said, I believe and therefore I speak. And I think I would much rather hear the words of a man of faith than a man of fear any day of the week. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what my resolve is?
I'm going to trust God. I'm going to wash my hands. And if it offends you, I'm not going to shake your hand. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm not going to rub close to you. I'm not going to breathe on you. If that offends you or you're fearful that I'm going to give you something, I, I promise you I'll honor your space. But at the end of the day, my trust is in not how clean that sanitizer got in my hand. You know what's crazy about all this? Is a few years ago, all the liberal pundits and all these smart people were saying that this, this uh, whatever this stuff's called, disinfectant, or the hand stuff that you, hand sanitizer, they said it really doesn't kill all germs. Now it's become the cure-all for everything. You've got to have it. They're buying it by the stock load. Well, does it work or doesn't it work? I don't know if this is working or not, but I'm doing it because they told me I need to do it. I'm going to do those things. Please don't misunderstand me. I, I'm not telling you to be reckless or careless or just go flaunting yourself and say, Ah, oh, God got me covered. Use wisdom. But while you're using wisdom, keep trusting him. Amen. Keep leaning on him because he's going to be the one that's going to get us through. Not what the government does, not what they decide can be the, be the end of this pandemic. You know what's interesting is the word pandemic comes from the root word pandemonium. And that's what the world wants. That's what the devil wants. He wants us to be at our wit's end. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Oh, my God. Oh, we, we've lived all this time talking about how God's good, how God keeps us, how God is going to protect us, how God's going to deliver us, that we're children of the light. We're not children of darkness. And yet now that we're in a dark hour, we act like our light's about to go out. I got news for you. My light isn't anywhere close to going out. And it ought to shine brighter right now than it ever has. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm living by faith. I'm going to let faith speak into my life. I'm going to let faith speak into my hope. I'm going to let faith speak over my children. You can say whatever you want to say. I told a, a, another denominational man one time who was going through tremendous mental Issues and was at a nervous breakdown, about to lose his job. He's a senior vice president of one of our banks here in Houston. I sat in his office and he's telling me all about what was going on in his life. And he said, what can I do? I said, you need to start learning how to plead the blood of Jesus over your life. He looked at me. He said, is that in the Bible? I said, yes, it's in the Bible. It may not be in those words, but you have that promise. That his blood, he said his blood covers. It covers a multitude of sins. By his stripes, we are healed. Amen. I don't know what happened. I, I hope that he took my thoughts to heart because he was a very good man. But I do know this, that it was very shortly after that that he came out of that dark hour. And I have to believe it was because he started pleading the blood. I'm going to tell you what you better do. 
You better walk into your home today and plead the blood of Jesus over it. You better walk into your car or sit down in your car and plead. You better go into your job tomorrow and plead the blood of Jesus. Let there be a covering over my family. Let there be a covering around me. Lord, there's a protection. You can keep your hand upon me in the midst of all of this craziness. Amen. Come on, singers. We need to close this with a song. Amen. Somebody say, my resolve. My resolve is to trust Him. My safety is in God. My defense, come on, say it, is in God. My protection is in God. My security is in God. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He 